Hello everybody, it's Richard Hart here. Look at my fancy thousand pound pants. Look at my fancy shoes, look at all this fancy stuff. I'm here with Dominic Frisbee. His last name is the name of a, a sporting good in the United States, but apparently the story behind that. Well, there is a story behind that, but it's, uh, the, the, I would stress to you, Richard, the difference in the spelling. Uh, Frisbee is B-E-E, -E, and my name is uh, Frisbee B-Y which is an old uh, Saxon word for village. It just means village of the people from the Frisian Islands. I, I think my pants are tearing. Yeah. I've lost a lot of weight, but not enough for these pants. Are they new? Brand new, man. Did you, did you buy them deliberately small in the hope that it would encourage you to lose weight more weight, or did you? I just I saw gold pants, and I, I bought a gold sequin uh, outfit, and if I just want to wear the top with some jeans, I thought, eh, gold pants, gold top, it all matches, Dolce Gabbana. Uh, but uh, this is all I had. Nobody has oh. my size ever anywhere. So. And, but is it, is it actual gold or is it just spray? Spray paint. Yeah. I paid a thousand pounds, which by the way is like twelve hundred euros. It's like fifteen hundred dollars for spray painted torn pants, which I can barely fit in. Well, they they're unique. Thank if you. nothing else, they're unique. Thanks. Man. And I should. Maybe we start with the story of how we met. This is an unusual meeting, and that I got an email. Uh, through my website from a chap called Luke Garcia and he said you've got to meet this guy Richard Hart he's behind Hex he's yeah. coming to London next week yeah. and I said what's Hex and I looked it up on CoinMarketCap and I saw it was 201st on CoinMarketCap I, I then got a load of invective yeah. from Luke about using CoinMarketCap and uh, then we I think I just messaged you on Twitter yeah. And then you invited me out for dinner, and here we are. Yeah. It's funny. Hex has gone up in price a million percent in two years. We're now for here in London for the two-year anniversary. It's had 100% perfect, flawless operation, while everything around it has not. For instance, CoinMarketCap. Occasionally, they screw up with their gatekeeping, and they put us where we belong on the first page every once in a while. For about so you're eight top, to, Hex is a top 10 coin? Yeah. For about eight to 10 minutes, it's up there, and then... Somebody gets slapped in the back office there, and it gets put back in number 201. So why, why would somebody not want Hex to be... Surely it's in CoinMarketCap's interests to be truthful and independent. No, that's not how media works. <laughs> so <clears throat> why would someone pay 800... You'll be telling me Wiki, Wikipedia's bias next. Well, they are. It is. Try and edit it sometime and see how quickly it gets reverted. I've tried to edit my own entry. Yeah. And I've said to them, look, I've got four kids, not two. You're telling, you're saying on the thing, I've got two kids. I've got four. And they're going, prove that you're you. And I'm like, do you want me to send you a picture of me and my kids? But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's terrible. So <clears throat> in, the, in the old days, it used to make sense. So if you, if you made a coin called uh, Frisbee coin, and then you gave it a trillion supply and you sold one for a dollar to a friend, you now have a trillion market cap supply coin. That's the number, right? Okay. So, so, so the price is set at the margin, in other words. Well, it's, it's a made-up imaginary number that no one can make money on. So you can't place bids or asks on the market cap chart. If you're an exchange or a uh, market maker, you can't make money on market cap. It's literally nonsensical. People attempt to use it as a proxy for price performance, hoping that they can get a low cap gem, and then they just end up selling really early because they didn't realize it's a made up number so it can go to insanely high levels. Like for instance, Bitcoin goes over a trillion market cap. Try and sell a trillion dollars of Bitcoin. Let me know what happens. Goes to zero. 
If you try and sell the real estate, it goes to zero. If you try and sell the gold, it goes to zero. If you try and sell the houses, they go to zero. And so what you end up with is people are just smart enough to be dangerous. So they think market cap is a way to act as a proxy for price predictions. And then they go to sites that make money on their victimization. So how does CoinMarketCap make money? By selling ads. Who buys the ads? Often, scams. Binary options trading, uh, eToro. eToro has, at the top of their website, 68% of our users lose money with us. Or to be more specific, 68% of retail traders lose money with this provider. I thought it was higher. Not, not, not eToro specifically, but right. I, thought, I thought it was like 80 or 90% of... Certainly in spread betting, the number's even higher. Well, sure. So congrats. But even so, 70% is pretty Congrats on only yeah. destroying two-thirds plus of your users, but that's a misleading number. Just because 68% of people lose, how much did they lose? Probably everything. And those few guys that quote won, how much did they win? Probably not much, which is why they have a large marketing budget and why you're seeing their ads is because their ads profit off the victims. They want you to get in and out and chopped up by fees. They want you to get liquidated. They, they make money on your pain and your horror. That's one of the interesting things about the hex chart is that there is no horror or pain in it because you couldn't leverage trade it. So you couldn't get liquidated longing it and you couldn't get liquidated shorting it. There's a lot of people that have discovered how stupid it is to short cryptocurrency, especially stupid scam coins because they go up. Mm -hmm. For instance, Dogecoin is a fork of Litecoin is a fork of Bitcoin and each one of their softwares is progressively worse. So Litecoin software is worse than Bitcoins, and Dogecoins is worse than Litecoins. And yet, Dogecoin has dominated Bitcoin's price performance, and Litecoins. Does Dogecoin have a bigger market cap than Litecoin? It doesn't have, I believe it? so. Yeah, yeah. I believe so, yeah. So, you know, I've opened up a lot of doors here. One of those doors is, you shouldn't use market cap as a proxy to try and guess price performance. You'll end up selling too quick, mm -hmm. usually. Um, or you'll end up like not buying the thing that, that still has room to go up. I looked at that squid coin, you know, the squid coin scan yeah, the other day. Yeah, the one that went to zero. The one that went, <laughs> yep. yeah. And I was impressed. I, I don't know how big the squid coin market cap got to, Yeah. but a, a figure that did the rounds in that whole scam is that after that whole scam had taken place, the perpetrators only made out off with, I think, $3 million. Yeah, they, they Which performed. to me is a surprisingly low figure given sure. the magnitude of the scam. Yeah, they made a mistake. They rug pulled too early. They could have got at least 30 out of that scam, I think. Okay. So, I mean, we just saw a rug pull, a dog coin on uh, the AVAX network that just rug pulled for 30 million yesterday. Um, you know, but you, have to, you would have to get the market cap to like 30 or 50 or 100 million in order to rug pull 3 million, wouldn't you? Mm, maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. that's the numbers around about. Yeah. It depends on how much liquidity they have, really. So mm. the more the more ask side liquidity you have, the harder it is to push the price up because it's just higher supply on market. That's what really matters. I mean, that's there's so much nuance here. Like Satoshi's coins, which have never moved, are counted as circulating supply. Mm. Scam. <laughs> like the, the amount of times I've said scam in the last couple months is like I'm getting satiated. There's some type of, if you say the same word over and over and over again. It loses again, its potency. Right, it just stops working. Like, that's where I'm getting with the word scam. Because everything is a scam. Everyone's working an angle. So, like, CoinMarketCap makes money showing you ads for stuff that harms you. Uh, they don't make money. On, and, and, by the way, who bought CoinMarketCap? 
a margin trading exchange that gives you 133x leverage to go kill yourself with, how helpful and, and useful is it to give humans 133x leverage? They will get liquidated, they will lose all their money over and over and over again, and the, the margin trading exchange gets paid for that. So Binance makes money on your horror, and they've been hacked before, and they bought CoinMarketCap, and they're not honest about their rankings, and there's things on the third page that don't belong there. How and much did um, <clears throat> uh, Binance pay for CoinMarketCap? $800 million. No. Now, some of that may have been, I don't know, BNB or something, but like, yeah, okay. it was $800 million was the number that was quoted. It's a, it's, it's a good payout for the guys who started it. Yeah, I would never pay that. I would just, I mean... <laughs> There's, uh, should, how do I say this? Because I, I, I remember I was, I was in Bitcoin so early and you looked at things like that and you're like, how are you ever going to make money? But they, they occupy the space. They get the first mover advantage. They become right. the default resource for a certain but, type of information. And then they... But if Google frowns upon them one update, then their, influ their new user base stops coming in and they rapidly become mm -hmm. not worth much. So like those types of media advertising plays, you are really at the whim of whether the search engines like you or not. So I, I, I would rather not pay 800 million for a coin ranking site, build my own coin ranking site, and then do my own SEO and get my own ranking and you guys can keep yours and then I'll go build mine and I don't give you 800 million dollars and we're all happy. So why don't, you, why don't you build one? Probably have to, because a pulse chain comes out and now there's 10,000 new coins that have 10,000 new prices. And those 10,000 prices are probably different than the, the other prices. But I mean, I would have thought of all types of sites, hmm. a coin ranking site is like the easiest to code and quantify and automate. It is. There's nothing easier. That really is the easiest. Because okay. you could just copy everyone else's feeds and average them. <laughs> You're just like, okay. You could literally make that your like, that could be your MVP. So is there a better ranking site than CoinMarketCap at the moment? It's um, I use. Yeah, I mean... Nomics.com filters out a lot of the wash trading stuff. Um, I, I hate coin ranking sites. That's where people go to lose money. That's where you're going to go find out about the new scam that you're going to lose all your money on. Like what good thing happens on those sites? You're going to be advertised things that harm you, and you're going to learn about coins that are also going to harm you. Like okay. it's not. I, if any of my users are on those sites, I haven't done my job properly. Like if you hold hex and you stake hex, you're not going to see your hex staking rewards on that site. You should be on the hack site that's going to show you how much interest you're making, which the coin ranking site won't do. So coins that have a real feature set in excess of token has this price, you know, you should be using a site that's not a coin ranking site. Especially like, you know, you want to look at volume. The real volume is the on-chain volume. Like that's what's cool about hex is when you buy, when someone buys or sells, you can see who it is because it's on-chain. You can see what other coins they hold. And you can see they have the stakes open. You can see how long their stakes have been open. You can see if when they end a stake, whether they usually sell it or re-stake it. Like, we have so much more... But you don't theory. know who, who's doing that? Well, it's pseudonymous. Okay. So you know so their address. So it's the same principle as Bitcoin. Exactly, yeah. Um, except in Bitcoin, you can't do anything. You want, to, you want to make yield on your Bitcoin? Go get some counterparty risk. Go hand your coins to somewhere else. Pray you get them back. That's... You know, that's Mt. Cox. I'm so you go can trade. get a yield on hex without yeah. counterparty risk. Exactly. There's no counterparty risk, no middlemen, no AML, how do no you, KYC. How does that work? Well, um, Bitcoin's tokenomics and game theory just operate in nodes. And then hex's tokenomics and game theory just operates in nodes. So Bitcoin's operates in Bitcoin nodes and hex's operates in Ethereum nodes. 
The difference is that, you know, Bitcoin is much less immutable. The Bitcoin code has been changed numerous times. They change block sizes, they change timings, they change all types of things. And then every once in a while, when they make those changes, they introduce a bug. And then it's an emergency. So they did that once with the last inflation bug where anyone could have minted as many free Bitcoin as they wanted. Why but, didn't they? Well, there's two options here. Either the person that discovered it was a Bitcoin Cash developer, I might add, not a Bitcoin Core developer. He uh, didn't know that it was actually an inflation bug and only identified half of the bug that, and you know noticed the networking part of it that was messed up, but didn't notice that it also allowed to mint free coins. Or um, he was just an honest guy and didn't want to mint himself a bunch of free Bitcoin. Which, by the way, if you guys ever find a hack that lets you mint as much free Bitcoin as you want, cut the miners in for 10% of your take, and then they'll never fork out the coins because they got paid. So you can keep your win. You're welcome. Imagine <laughs> making... I mean, but if you make a discovery like that, <clears throat> that, is, that is... And you were of a crooked mindset. Is it crooked, though? This is... This is uh, um, Okay, well, if you didn't feel, I, I appreciate that, but <laughs> so you could say, well, it's your, it's your fault and I'm just exploiting an open source No, flaw. but it's soft. But, 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 okay, accept that. But if you weren't, let's, let me, let me rephrase the question to use a, if you weren't of a mindset where you felt a responsibility to the collective. Right, sure. So that's the thing about the code is law stuff. You're like, oh, code is law. Okay. Well, then the DAO hack and Ethereum so way back code on. is law means you can do what the hell you like. Well, the code let you. Okay. So unless, you know, I've like, never even heard that before code as well. You're going to hear a lot. I know a lot. Of, like he's an old school Bitcoin guy. He wrote a book about Bitcoin in 2013 and he knows I'm, all the players. In Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, I'm old school, old school. Yeah. So much so that I'm, I'm a Luddite compared to you lot. The, <laughs> he still gets a, he gets a vibe, a rush when he still buys Bitcoin. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so one of the conversations, well, uh, there's two things I want to talk about. The, the first thing is just as this is three minutes ago in the conversation, yeah. you said, because soon we're going to have 10,000 coins yes. on the thing and we're going to have to do our yep. own uh, um, coin ranking site. Sure. What is this 10,000 coins? So right now, so Hex can't win the game any harder from a price perspective. We went up a million percent. We now have dipped 70%. And this is not unprecedented. Bitcoin, well, basically Hex chart appears to be curving up and to the right and the volatility that's doing, it's always done. You know, we dipped 85% for big payday. We dipped 90% at launch against Ethereum before it actually had a market price. It wasn't listed anywhere. It wasn't traded anywhere, pretty much. Um, and if it was, there was no volume. And then, you know, you get 60% dips, 50% dips. We get these all the time. We're like, it seems like we're just doing the crypto thing faster. So we just get more pumps and more dips quicker, and then our price runs up higher. So there's this website called lookintohex.com where it just shows the historical price of Bitcoin and Ethereum from their launch day mm -hmm. and Hex from its launch day. And we're just doing the same stuff they did, but earlier. So we're running up similar amounts, but just faster and earlier. So, you know, Bitcoin went up 6.9 million fold um, from when it was a penny till $69,000. Ethereum did 31 cents at its crowd sale to 5,000. 19 cents if you caught the wick on Kraken. Um, it's like 15,000x or something more. And so for us to do, you know... You know, I was invited to do that crowd sale. Mm -hmm. And I got so pissed off with how badly um, Vitalik Buterin explained what Ethereum... Because I'm obsessed right. with clarity of language and explaining right. com complex technology and so on to Luddites. Yeah. And 
I got so bad, I got so pissed off with how badly he explained what it is that I didn't invest <laughs> on a prat. I, I didn't know it existed. Right. I used to only read the Bitcoin subreddit, and they censor it so well that I didn't know Ethereum existed until its fully diluted market cap exceeded Bitcoin's. Or it's like year 2050 market cap exceeded Bitcoin's. And I was like, what? What's this? So I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't well educated yeah. at all at the time. But back then, Ethereum actually sucked. It was just like you could buy Ethereum or the scams that launched on it. There was mm -hmm. nothing good. So one of the conversations mm -hmm. we had at dinner. Oh, so have you, have you finished with your 10,000 coin project? Do you want to talk a bit well, more about we've, that? We've already forked the Ethereum network. Our testnet is functional. You can launch code on it. You can run code on it. You can change some settings in your MetaMask and just use your coins, right? So, so you, can, anyone, can anyone fork the Ethereum network? Well, you can, and many people do. So, for instance, BSC is a fork of Ethereum, and uh, AVAX is also a fork of Ethereum to some degree. Their C-chain, I think it's called. It does contracts. And then uh, Ethereum Classic is kind of a fork of Ethereum, but maybe it's the original Ethereum, right? Okay. But it gets 51% attacked all the time, so who cares? And then, I mean... Everything's a fork of Ethereum out there. So having EVM compatibility that lets everyone run their smart contracts on that network is what matters. So the difference, so all those, the problem with all of the Matic network, which is called Polygon, is also a fork of Ethereum. XDAI is also a fork of Ethereum. I go on Analyst, right? So the, the issue is all of those forks of Ethereum launched empty, starting from scratch. So, so it, effectively, just to clarify what fork means, you effectively, you're copying... The code. Bitcoin, and then just relaunching it again. Sure. Right. So, sorry, but in this case, copying, of Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum, yeah. I beg your pardon. Right. Copying the, the code. So you're copying right. and pasting it yeah. and starting again. But those guys all made a huge error. Why wouldn't you just also bring the system state and give everyone the world's largest free airdrop in the history of man and give everyone a copy of their coins? And then coins that are priced out and no longer can afford to transact with Ethereum, of which there are many, because it costs $50 to send an ERC-20 normally. It's disgusting. It's not okay. Now we can reduce the load off the network by taking those users that can't afford to transact there and moving them here. And then we have all the same ticker symbols. We have all the same code. And so now if you're just using it as a speculative instrument, you just care about the ticker and the price. If we bridge in those ERC-20s and put in the PRC-20s in a liquidity pool versus each other, now their prices will be bonded by that liquidity. And you can just trade this derivative pair here even if there's no front ends, even if there's no actual, like, on network, like, let's say you're trading Decentraland and you can't afford to do anything in the game because you're priced down on Ethereum, which is currently the case, well, then you can just go trade that token over here because it doesn't have any game value anymore. You can't play the game, but the token still has speculative value. Then you can trade that speculative value over here for a penny a trade instead of 100 or 300 well, $300 a trade very often. A Uniswap trade will cost... Two to three hundred dollars, very, very often. It's insane. Well, if you have a limited resource and people have an open art market auction on which they're bidding for that resource, the only way to reduce people's prices is to build more supply, which is what I'm doing, or to kill the users. <laughs> like mm. you either have to kill the demand or build the supply, and I built the supply. So you know, and we also solve a lot of other things. We've got the world's largest airdrop and no and electricity dumpage. So we don't pay miners to dump the price and pollute the environment. It's proof of stake. We also don't have any inflation to hurt the price with. We only burn 25, there's no inflation, there's no new minting of coins, and we just burn 25% of the fees. 
And so the supply gets lower and lower and lower and can never go up. Whereas Bitcoin still inflates, Ethereum still inflates. Mm -hmm. We're winning the game. So we've got better tokenomics, less negative externalities, the world's largest airdrop. And then, you know, I also got this, there'll be a sacrifice phase for it soon called Pulse Swap. It won't be really called Pulse Swap, but I have a different name because I thought I had the domain, but I didn't. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got this. Oops, I didn't have it. Ah, oh well, <laughs> I thought I had that. I have so many domains now, I actually didn't, yeah. didn't keep track I of it. I just bought a load of domains yesterday, so yeah. I can sell you one of mine if no. you want one of mine. Give me the list. As yeah. long as there's dictionary words in there. I like dictionary words. Uh, I got, what did I get? Bitcoinweed.cash. I thought that was quite good. Oh, God. MofoBitcoin.cash. My God. Well, they're just cheap. It's like two that. bucks. Yeah, but they hit you on the renew. They might hit you 30 on the renew. Watch it. It's a oh, okay. scam. Oh, it'll be another scam. They won't hit you for two on the renew. Well, I did it with, it was name cheap Black yeah, Friday. But watch it, man. On the renew, they'll okay. grab you for 30. I'll, I'll check it. On the it. auto renew. Yeah, check it. I, I would have sold it by then. <laughs> <laughs> you know one's going to buy that, bro. No one's buying a dot cash, though, man. Okay. Um, so how do how do how does um, a rookie like me, a Luddite like me, yeah. invest in this project that you're doing? Well, you missed the sacrifice phase that raised $27 million for the Sense Foundation. And also, if you look at the sacrifice address, there's $200 million of stablecoin sitting in there. Um, you missed that. So now you okay, didn't so totally you, miss you're, it. This, so I, I know you're a big... Um, philanthropists, you you raise money for charities, you yeah. donate to charities. You've got in your Twitter name yeah. uh, uh, that you raised twenty seven yes. million for cents. Yeah. yeah. So this was these coins are your reward for donating well, to this charity. Is that right? Ten percent. Like I don't remember what percent, but like if you donated to the Strategies for Engineered Negligible Senescence charity, which has a UK branch and a US branch. You could have got a tax write-off, and you would have gotten uh, credit for the sacrifice phase, but you would have gotten, I believe, 25% less credit. But you got a tax write-off as well. Okay. So it kind of, you know, was fair. Um, I, think, I think if you want to participate in the Pulse ecosystem at this point, probably your, your optimal entry would be Pulse Swap. So every Ethereum fork that gets users, Matic, now called Polygon, BSC, AVAX, they all have a Uniswap fork that everyone trades on that, and then that token does very well. So Matic had QuickSwap, BSC had PancakeSwap, AVAX has Trader Joe's, and then Pulse Chain will have whatever it ends up being called. It was going to be called PulseSwap, but you know now it's probably going to be called something else. Um, and then you know, there'll be a place where you can sacrifice your coins, whatever they might be. You know, in the last sacrifice phase, we supported Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Dogecoin, a ton of different coins. You could just sacrifice them, you're gonna lose them. You expect no profit from the work of others because of the Howey test, don't wanna be a security. And then uh, you get some free worthless value, valueless coins in return because you made a political statement that, you know, you support medical research or you support free speech. Maybe the sacrifice will have a different political statement. We'll see. Maybe it'll be that, you know, um, your ability to meet other humans is your right to assemble, and it is a right that is being violated by everyone. Like it's a joke right now, but it's a right that you have. You have the right to assemble with whomever you want, you know. And if you can't ass assemble with whomever you want, and you're being controlled, your physical location. Well, that's what they do in prison. What's prison? It's where you can't hang out with who you want anymore. You can only hang out with those people. They control your physical location. 
your physical location is being controlled and who you can associate with is being controlled to some degree in prison. So I don't, I don't like a lot of what I see what's going on in the world. So I don't know if that'll be the next political statement or if it's too spicy, you know, you know, so I'm not sure what the next political statement would be. Um, <clears throat> but then you're going to get credited uh, these coins. And there's a chance that when you get these free coins, it might go up a lot in value. So, for instance, if you were a Bitcoin holder, you could have claimed tax for free. And you could have gotten free. But I would have had to lose my extremely nope. valuable Bitcoins. No, free. They were given for free. Let me tell you how many people say there's no free money in this world. They're lying. Let me tell you how much free money there is. Bitcoin holders got Bitcoin Cash for free, XRP for free, XLM for free, Bitcoin Gold. Bitcoin Gold for free, Bitcoin Rhodium, Bitcoin Platinum, Byteball. Hex, you get all that stuff for free. If you would have got your hex, so each Bitcoin you would have gotten if you self-referred yourself, 15,840 hex. As of, it was 50 cents. Hex was 56 cents uh, three months ago. Or no, maybe less, maybe even less. So you would have uh, gotten $7,000 per Bitcoin. How much is a Bitcoin? 5,500. You're up 15% on your stack. But if you'd staked it, which you've been forced to do, you would have gotten another 30% of big payday. So you would have gotten like $10,000 per Bitcoin. You would have like increased your stack 15 or 20% for free. But you would have had to take on the risk of staking it. No, it was mandatory. So you, you performed it. You just signed a signature from your Bitcoin wallet, literally no risk, paid for the transaction on the Ethereum network. Good to go. And you kept the Bitcoins in your wallet? Yeah, they never... They never left. It was free. All those things were free. I can't say I understand it, Richard. No one lost any money claiming any of those things. No, I, be, I don't doubt it, but yeah. I just, it's like, uh, you know, when <laughs> stomachs just starts talking about stuff and I just you, don't get it. Yeah. I got I to take a, a whiz. I got to go pee real quick. I, sure. When I mean Ethereum and crypto, by the way, it's interesting how Ethereum's outperforming Bitcoin at the moment. And so it stabilized. And then Michael Saylor came out today he bought the dip and El Salvador bought the dip. And the price seems to have stabilised. Now, Richard was saying, here he's back in the room, Richard was saying, yeah, but now El Salvador and uh, Michael Saylor have bought. What other buyers are there left? So I think Richard's take was quite a bearish take on Bitcoin from these price levels. I, I so. said from false moves come... Uh, fast moves in the opposite direction. Richard's word for that was, what was your word for that? Um, oh yeah, you could either do a swing pattern failure or you could do Judas Candle. The Judas Candle, that was Richard's yeah. word, a Judas Candle. I've just been wittering. I don't think it, what that, I said was particularly interesting. That last, I've got to tell you, I'm pretty sure I'm going to cut that last part out because you unplug the mic, it's got the backup mic. <laughs> I unplugged the mic. No, me. I'm uh, like, oh, okay. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll just unplug the mic. So I unplugged uh, okay. the lapel mic and then I'm still... <laughs> On the backup mic, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's oh, probably, probably for the good of the program. Yeah, that's that going to get cut out. out. Well, get see cut see out. how it comes out, see what yeah. you think. Um, yeah, so in, in that case, I'll just reiterate what I was saying, yeah. which is that Bitcoin had this high $65,000, $66,000 in the spring. Called the top on the day. I called the top on the day. Richard called the top on the day. Dropped 55% from my call. And on, uh, on Richard's instructions, it dropped 55%. And then went all the way back to $30,000, give or take, rallied back up to its old highs, exceeded its old highs. By, um, by the smallest of marks. Yeah, by two or 3,000. But a lot of people will have looked at that and gone, it's broken out. 
And Richard calls it a Judas candle. I described it as a from false moves come fast moves in the opposite direction. Yeah. And now we're in correction mode and we seem to have stabilised around 56, 57, 58, something like that. I don't think we've stabilised at all. So basically, I'm reversing it for you guys at home. Bitcoin went up and then it fell out of its parabola, just as I predicted. And then it dropped 55%. And then it did something weird, which it's never done before, and decided to go and make an ever so slightly higher high, which I think is a double top. It doesn't have to be, but I think it is. And then uh, it, it's gone down again. It's gone down 20%. Now, here's the, here's the deal. So Bitcoin's going down. Its bear, its bear flag is pointed downwards, but Ethereum's bear flag is pointed upwards. And so Ethereum is showing relative strength to Bitcoin, which is why it keeps gaining on the Ethereum-Bitcoin pair, mm. because there's just more demand for Ethereum, which is why from the COVID dip, Ethereum went up 50x. It went up from 88 to 5,000, and Bitcoin only went from 3,800 to 69K. And so Bitcoin did a 15x, and Ethereum did a 50x, and Hex did a 10,000x. So I... I it, I almost, I only... From the COVID lows to its high, it was 10,000. No, from January 5th. It, it was before COVID because we've been going up the whole time. So it's, it's handy to measure Bitcoin and Ethereum from the COVID dip because it makes their price performance look the best. It's like the most gains in the shortest time frame because it was so harsh and so oversold. Like everyone got bankrupted. Everyone that was low leverage long got nuked. Everybody that was like, thought they were safe, they were all liquidated. Like there's a theory that if the BitMEX trade engine wasn't shut down, that it would have just kept selling the market down until like very, very, very low levels. But, you know, one theory is that they turned off the liquidation engine. The other theory was that they just had a software failure. Who knows? Okay, I've got two questions for you. When, when we were talking over dinner, you felt that Ethereum is going to exceed Bitcoin. In the market cap? Sure. Mm. Yeah. And your sort of... You were basically saying Bitcoin is MySpace. Yeah. Yep. Do you want what to expand on that a little? Sure. What does Bitcoin do better than Ethereum? The thing that Bitcoin has is the network. Explain that. More users? More users, more... Um, Why do you think it has more users? Because it's just the first, got the first move of advantage. Everyone's heard about it. I don't think it, there are more users. I don't think there are. I think, I think if you want to buy an NFT, you're on Ethereum. If you want to enter the metaverse, you're on Ethereum. You want to do decentralized on-chain exchange, you're on Ethereum. You want to use stable coins, you're on Ethereum. Most people don't do that, though. Most people buy a little bit of weed on the dark net or um, mm. just buy a bit, bit some Bitcoin. I don't think hold. darknet's that popular. Darknet doesn't do much transaction volume. It's really only 1% to 2% of all the volume. The vast majority of the volume is speculative. Mm -hmm. Anybody that buys SHIB, Ethereum. Anybody, anybody that buys all these rug pulls, Ethereum. Like it, the, And so... There's a difference between features and benefits, okay? Oh, it's got a high processor speed. That's a feature. What's my benefit? I can play video games better? I can get on a game faster? Okay, that's a benefit. Oh, you got lots of uh, network feature. Okay, what's my benefit as a user? Higher fees, slower transaction times. There's no, I can't do anything on the network. The Winklevite twin, one of them, posted today that Bitcoin is the cryptocurrency of the metaverse. Straight out blatant lie. There's absolutely nothing in the metaverse that accepts Bitcoin. Nothing. What is the metaverse? It's just a, it's people changing their profiles to pictures. So instead of... To avatars. Be, right. 
Okay. And you know where else we did that? Every video game ever. And then you used so it's digital... Dungeons and Dragons. It's, for... Exactly. It's so stupid. You're like, hey, you're playing a game that sucks now. Good. A pixelated, sucky game. I've been playing better games forever. And then I kicked the habit, but like, I was addicted to games for a long time. I played all the games for all the hours of the day. And the metaverse isn't a good game. And, and NFTs aren't good art. <laughs> They're not anywhere near close to good art. I went and go looked at real sculpture today, you know, and I'm looking at 50,000 bucks per piece. That's actually good art, you know? This stuff, this 16-bit generative crap, it's not good art. There is some good art, and there is great art in video games. Yeah, but it's not 16-bit pixelated crap that is what's procedurally generated that they're selling as NFTs. What, like ether rocks and stuff like that you're talking yes. about? Yes. Okay. I used to use that as something to make fun of, and then people decided to pump it for a laugh. You know, you buy one, and then you buy it from yourself from a million bucks, and you're like, look, I got a million-dollar NFT. Hmm. But it was really just wash trading, you know, crap like that. I sold an NFT. Of what? We did these, we, we, me and a projector man and another guy, well, there's a few of us clubbed together, and we hired a guy to, um, let me rephrase that. I was on the edge of a project whereby a projector broadcast, a guerrilla projector broadcast, um, uh, what's the words, irreverent slogans right. on various buildings around the country. Sounds so, artistic. for example, we, we, one of the slogans said on the um, outside of the Bank of England, money printer goes brr. Yeah, And I like things that. like that. And it was, they were kind of cool. I and, like it. And uh, um, I sold one of them as an NFT and yeah. somebody bought it. It was like two ether or something. Well. But Ethereum was, was lower then when, we, when it happened. But That's good. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. You created something of value. You sold it. Good yeah, it stuff. Like a souvenir. It was a memento of a... Capitalism. Of I a like moment. it. Yeah. Capitalism works good. So, like, I, I, I think Bitcoin is trash. It is the... I bet the, more people hold Bitcoin. There might, it might see less daily use because people tend to just buy and hold Bitcoin. It's similar to gold. You know, nobody uses gold. You just hold gold. And, uh, and lose money. Well... Not always. Depending on when you buy it. But the, Mostly. depending on when, well, again, if you bought gold in 1800 and you sold it in 1900, you didn't lose money. Well, you know what? I bet you if you put it in a safety deposit box and had to pay the monthly fee, I bet you did. Over the course of the 19th century? No. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing. We're going back to the 1900s. I said it, I said it, 1800 <laughs> to 1900. It's different now because I, I, I buy the argument that gold is the horse. I do, uh, I do buy that. It was me that first made the argument. True. So, yeah. So we got to make it to them. They don't know. You got to tell it to them again. Peak okay. Horse. So th this is one of those arguments that's entered the mainstream. But as far as I know, I was the first person that made it many years ago. That that gold is is to money what the horse is to transport. Gold may have been money for five thousand years, and the but the horse was transport for five thousand years, and then along came the car, and that's a sort of common meme now. Yeah. Peak horse a hundred years yeah. ago. Now there's almost to the day, yeah. yeah. Now it's just less horses, fewer horses, oh. and you know, horses have no utility, and a, a horse is now a burden yeah. to maintain. It's a cost, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's an outgoing rather than a wealth generative. Yeah, so, I mean, thing. it's always hard when I talk to a guy that's got Bitcoin to tell him that I think his investments crap. <laughs> but like, I, it's like you got a three X, or I mean. 
a 15x when everything else did hundreds of x. You're just like, yeah, you made like seven times less than everybody else. Like you, you and then and then in the COVID dip, you dropped 65 percent in two weeks. What and then like Dogecoin dropped like 75 percent. Blue chip, blue chip, low volatility due to high liquidity. And you're like, no, actually, it sucks balls. Like it dumps hard as hell. Okay, so what about the the all the computer power that's gone into Bitcoin, all the energy that's gone into totally it. misleading. People say it's a powerful network. No, it's a retardedly stupid network that can't perform any useful function whatsoever except mine Bitcoin. You can't ask it to do computational fluid dynamics. You can't ask it to do anything of, of usefulness whatsoever. It just wastes electricity. It's a proof of waste network. And so it's not a powerful network. It's okay, a wasteful about, network. Before we. The waste of electricity, we'll come back to this sure. argument, but the waste of electricity, there's quite a strong argument in my view that Bitcoin mining is inspiring new types of energy consumption. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I used to mine Bitcoin. I know yeah. how much electricity I wasted and I know where it came from. It came from coal. So like... No, I, I, I burned coal to mine, to mine Bitcoin. Yeah, but now it's encouraging people to even find more creative. It's, it's, so, so, so is aluminum smelting, which uses more electricity. So like, I just, this no, concept... People, no, it's not, because aluminum smelting is, is centralized, whereas Bitcoin mining can take place anywhere. So aluminum, you can't... Except China. Sure, but you don't you don't gravitate aluminum smelting to hydroelectric plants in Mongolia or whatever it is. You you but, because the, you have to smelt the aluminum but, where it is. Okay, so on, let let's say eighty percent of Bitcoin mining is renewable. And, and I can't believe I said aluminum. It's aluminium. There you go, this Englishman. Is, yeah. So like, okay, now only twenty percent is used to destroy the environment, and you want to see it take over global commerce and have multi trillions of value. And so that twenty cents. No, no, no. You put those words on. But on, you want that. Me. You want the price to go up, right? Yeah. And but you I know don't the mining protect, the mining hash rate has to go up in mm. direct proportion to the amount of value it's protecting, and therefore the more valuable Bitcoin becomes, the more pollution it will generate. Period. They're one to one ratio. You can't defend a trillion dollar network with a hundred million dollars of mining. It needs to cost more. So like it, it's just a terrible. It's it's also totally unnecessary. The miners, you pay Bitcoin miners to pay, you pay them to dump the price and then they also just happen to pollute. But even if they didn't pollute and there was, it was all renewables, you're still paying them to dump the price to pay for the renewables. Why are you paying a bunch of scumbags that don't know you, won't talk to you, aren't based in the US, aren't on Twitter to dump your price? It sucks. Just do a proof of work change to proof of stake like Ethereum's doing, like Pulse Chain has done. And then you don't have to pay miners to dump the price anymore. And they're not good actors. Do you remember what uh, Jihan Wu and Bitmain did when they tried to death spiral Bitcoin and had over half the hash rate and Bitcoin Cash had half the price of Bitcoin? They almost killed Bitcoin. They almost made Bitcoin Cash the real Bitcoin. They almost did that. And that was the miners that did that. And you guys paid them to do that with your fees and, and with your proof of work that just enriches that sh crappy company. Terribly stupid. And then, and then like, even the Bitcoin Cash guys, they didn't do so good giving the Mt. Gox trustee 180,000 free Bitcoin Cash to dump in the market, of which he's already dumped 40,000. Still has got 140,000 to go. Was it any smart to give that guy a bunch of free coins? When I gave out my free hex, the Mt. Gox coins were whew, removed. 
so that that scumbag that could only sell didn't get any. Smart. Me smart. <laughs> so, okay. So, in your view, Ethereum has more daily users, put it that way, than Bitcoin does. Surely, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's the value of the Ethereum network will exceed the value of the Bitcoin network. Yeah, and it also has, it has higher throughput. It has higher network usage. It performs more transactions. It is the layer two scaling for Bitcoin. There's more. There's ten times more Ethereum wrapped on the on the Ethereum network than there's ten times more Bitcoin wrapped on the Ethereum network than there is in the Lightning network. Probably more than ten times. Um, you want stable coins? You're on Ethereum. You want NFTs? You're on Ethereum. You want uh, time deposit hacks? You're on Ethereum. So you has, want... has El Salvador make, made a mistake? Yeah. Yep. Terrible. I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna lose more money with Bitcoin than they would have with Ethereum. I think they bought the top. And on top of buying the top, they bought the wrong coin. So, I mean, look, we've already seen these dips. You know, during the bear market of 2017 and 2018, or 2018 and 2019, actually, the last bear market only lasted a year. And thus, the top was like December 27th or something. And so we'll call it just 2018. So the bear market of 2018 saw Bitcoin drop 85% and Ethereum drop 95%. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Dogecoin dropped 95%. And like all the alts just dropped 95 And you're like, so that's the difference between Bitcoin, the blue chip, and the alts, that 10%. That's a little bit misleading. Yeah, but what, what you've seen <laughs> is that most of the altcoins mm-hmm. that, that were flavor of the month in that 2016 to 2018 mm-hmm. bull market mm-hmm. will have dropped by more than Bitcoin. But most of them haven't recovered um, the, the coins that are outperforming Bitcoins are mostly speaking newer coins. So the big coins in the last cycle, I'm thinking things mm-hmm. like Zcash and Dash and Litecoin mm-hmm. and Bitcoin Cash and all those, they just haven't recovered. And it depends on which one. You know, even Monero, which, which I sort of have a great fondness for, they, they, sure. they've all slid down the market cap to be replaced by well, you have to the new coins on the block. Yeah, but... A, a lot of those coins that you're mentioning have mostly very weak value propositions, except for Monero. So I think Monero has the largest anonymity set, which has value. But then they also had a bug where if you spent your coins within two hours of receiving them, you weren't anonymous. Oopsie. Hex, 100% perfect flawless operation. Monero, not. And then I could, like XLM, 10% inflation bug. Ravencoin, 10% inflation bug. KuCoin hacked. Binance hacked. Uh, OKX founder jail month and a half. Uh, accounts frozen, no withdrawals, month and a half. What's the, Bitmax founders arrested, indicted. Hex one hundred percent perfect flawless operation. <laughs> like Bitcoin inflation bug caught by Bitcoin Cash developer. Lucky lucky. Had an inflation bug where they had to roll the chain back in 2010. It's spaghetti code. Every time they upgrade it, there's a chance that they affect consensus. Every single upgrade they do, there's a chance that they affect consensus. And hex, you can't affect consensus. It's locked. It's isolated. It's modular. So how can it progress and improve then? Because everything around it improves. That doesn't have to do with consensus. They, improve, they allow you in the Ethereum network to perform more transactions by raising the gas limit, which is the same thing as increasing the block size in Bitcoin, which they just can't figure out how to do, but Ethereum does it all the time. Okay, Ethereum so I... has new, uh, new throughput all the time. Bitcoin never has new throughput. Ethereum has new throughput. It works fine. Bitcoin's and... just stupid. 
Did you? Uh... And I and I supported UASF user activated software, and I fought the NYC agreement and spearheaded that operation because I wanted the devs to have more power than some weird miners that you can't talk to. And then on the roadmap was a block size increase from Blockstream from Bitcoin Core. Back then, I don't think like I don't think it was called Bitcoin Core. I think it was just called Blockstream back then. And then. Did you ever get your block size increase? It was on the roadmap before the S2X agreement? No, you never got it because they don't care. They're selling liquid instead and cloud mining. Why would anyone dev on Bitcoin when they can just sell you cloud mining instead? Blockstream sells cloud mining. Blockstream sells liquid. They make more money on that than they make on doing the free Bitcoin development. So where do you think they're going to put their effort? Which is why a lot of people have left there. So Peter Woolley left. I think Gregory Maxwell left as well. And those are the two heavy hitters. I don't even know if there's any hitters, heavy hitters left there, to tell you the truth. So where have they gone? I don't remember. I think one of them might have gone to Chain Code Labs. I'm not sure. But it's a good question. I just, I just care so little. I mean, Bitcoin to me is really just a hashtag I use to leech their users away to put them in a better product. It doesn't mean anything else to me. Okay. So mm. uh, now you mentioned Hex a few times. Mm -hmm. And as right you should, because it's your baby. Um, did you say it's... It was off six, it had a correction, it's off... It dropped 70%, yeah, recently. Was that in, was that sort of in tandem with the broader markets? No, we're mostly decorrelated. So when Bitcoin was dying and it was going from 65K down to 30, we were just making all-time highs all the time. Okay. And then, you know, we really marched to the tune of our own drummer. So I, I invented something called Hart's Law, and Hart's Law states that the prices of assets that trade together are bonded by their liquidity. And that's why it seems like there's some magical hand buying and selling everything at the same time, making all the prices move at the same time. Like some fund is running like a, a market, like a market cap adjusted. Yeah. I mean, thing. I just sort of think crypto <clears throat> moves together and you're saying, it doesn't. I know why. Well, no, it does, but I know why it does. Okay. So <clears throat> when you have Bitcoin, Ethereum and a pair, you can exchange them one for one. If Bitcoin goes up for the dollar, Ethereum goes up for the dollar because you can trade your Ethereum for the Bitcoin that went up for the dollar. If you have Bitcoin and Ethereum goes up for the dollar, Bitcoin goes up for the dollar because you can trade them for each other. And so the thicker that liquidity is, the stronger those two things are bonded. It's why everything moves up and down together. And so you can predict which things are going to go move, move up and down together by how much liquidity is bonding together in their order books. And that's the reason that all alts die when Ethereum dies because their primary trading pairs are against Ethereum. Mm -hmm. The reason Ethereum dies when Bitcoin dies is because its tr primary trading pair is against Bitcoin. The yeah. hacks is primary. Is that, I mean, I noticed in previous cycles, it might not be the case now, but so crypto goes into a bear market. Sure. So everyone sells their alts for Ethereum and then mm -hmm. they sell their alts, they, then they sell their Ethereum in order to get out of Ethereum either mm -hmm. for Bitcoin or into fiat. Got, sure. into fiat. Yeah. Um, so it just creates this huge selling pressure. Yeah, sure. But it means that Ethereum enjoys more buying pressure when the market's in a bull market. Well, I mean, the, the, the people, traders will tell you that there's a rotation from large cap to mid cap to small cap on a pump. And you can kind of see that. And so Bitcoin guys feel like they're rich. What do they want to do? Take more risk and get more rich. What do they buy? Alts. Guys that got rich on mid-tier alts, they want to get more rich. What do they do? They buy riskier crap. Yeah. And so, I, mean, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. have made more money over the years in Ethereum than they have in Bit Bitcoin because sure. they sold the Bitcoins too early. 
they, their Bitcoin was going up, they saw what Bitcoin they was doing and they were like quick buy Ethereum. In the same way you see gold go up and you go quick buy silver, there's more leverage in silver. Well, it's free leverage, so you can't get liquidated. There's a big mm. difference between actual leverage, which has carrying cost, you're paying a, a yeah, fee. Yeah, 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 and, and more. You, you, the, the base, and then you can take real leverage on your virtual leverage. So like having something that just moves up more naturally on its own is a very big advantage. So like Ethereum, you used to be able to get 2,000 Ethereum for one Bitcoin. How many Ethereum can you get for one Bitcoin now? 15, is it? 10. Okay, yeah, yeah. 10. Well, how's, how's Bitcoin doing versus Ethereum? I mean, you can't yeah. get more obvious. You can't get more obvious. It doesn't get... Okay, so you said to me a great mm. line at dinner, which is that if you make the right choice yeah. in an altcoin, yeah. you can make more in a day sure. than you can in a year or something like that. In Bitcoin, yeah. Because Bitcoin just doesn't move up much. I mean, everything... everything like, so Ethereum how many altcoins do you... Do you even bother with altcoins? No. I don't, because a lot of them go to zero. So my, I mean, for me, the things that I build, I want to outperform everything else. And so that for me is, is maximum positive EV, in my opinion. Like, So should we all be buying Hex at the moment? I, if you look at the chart historically, Hex at a 60 to 70% dip has always been an absolutely fantastic opportunity. And now you're going to get Hex on two chains. You're going to have Hex on the Ethereum network, and you're going to have Hex on the Pulse network. And, and what's, what's Hex's market cap now? I know it's probably about 100 billion, probably. Million? 100, 100 billion. billion would it be. And how many Hexes are there in? 650 billion, I think. Okay, so what's the price of a Hex? 18 cents. Okay, and what's, what's the point of Hex? What does it do? Oh, so Bitcoin attempted to be peer-to-peer -peer digital cash. Failed entirely. Then it attempted to be programmable money. Failed entirely. Then it attempted to be digital gold. Seems like that's working out, and it's a more valuable thing to do. Congratulations. Hex attempted to be the thing that monetized time, like a time deposit. So it's a larger market than printed currency. There's over $7.2 trillion in the United States and China in time deposits. There's only $5 trillion of printed cash. It's also acted... Seven trillion time deposits, five trillion in cash. Yes. Okay. There's also, and I'm quoting you last year's numbers, so hopefully they're still accurate, yeah. which they likely are. Also, we accidentally do the other things that Bitcoin wanted to do better. We are a better programmable money. We are extensible. People have built games on top of it. You build a game on Bitcoin? No, you can't. It's not extensible. You can't use it. It's, it's cost too much. It's too slow. Oh, I'm going to wait an hour for my transaction and sometimes three? to get my first confirmation, it's not okay. You can't, you can't wait three hours for confirmation, it's horrible. So we're more extensible, we have more modular, more secure software, it's literally less likely to ever have an inflation bug and many other forms of bugs. It has higher um, performance. Is the software open source? It, the network it runs on is open source and you can view and verify the software, but the actual code itself is not licensed for forking, which is a strong competitive advantage. Because when people fork off a Bitcoin and it splits their users, you know, it kind of takes away some of the money. But in Hex, there's one Hex, and that's it. <laughs> there's there's mm -hmm. one Hex, and other people have tried to do their own code bases and do similar things, and they all get, many have gone to zero, like literally zero. One got rug pulled at launch to zero by the devs. Another got rug pulled later based on an inflation bug. Inflation bugs are the most common bug in crypto. XLM, Monero had an inflation bug, but they patched it. Bitcoin, 
Bitcoin twice, uh, Ravencoin. Uh, in, in, inflation bug is the most dangerous and most widely executed hack or bug or exploit in cryptocurrency, and Hex directly solves it, and then everyone else is just like, oh, why is Hex good? I don't know. What does it do? Well, it's more secure. Like, if you care about more secure, you could buy Hex just because it's more secure. If you care about price performance, if you care about... So who uses <clears throat> Hex? Um, God, we have young people, old people, technically savvy people. We had an 80-year-old guy that had hundreds of millions of dollars hacked that got tech, hacked with a SIM swap recently. We had, he had 10-year stakes. He's 80, 80 years old. He got hacked with a SIM swap? Yeah. Tell yeah. me what that means. They impersonate you at the carrier or have a friend that works there. They take over your, your SIM stops working. It moves to their phone instead. So now their phone works as though it were you. They log into all your online accounts, look at all the documents you've saved. Your seed words are there. They empty your exchange accounts. They use your seed words to empty your crypto accounts. It's over So they can see your... So if somebody SIM hacked me, they could yes. see all my app, all the stuff that's in all my apps? Every, everything that's in the cloud. Everything that you let go to the cloud. So if you use Apple... Any, if you let your phone sync to the cloud, which it constantly tries to shove you into doing... When they sim swap you, they have everything. Then they get everything. God, blimey, that's a bit uh, vulnerable with that. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars has been lost that way. Now, here's the funny thing. Presumably, you can protect yourself with two and three factor multi-sig and all that. Well, it, most, a lot of people's 2FA is their SMS, and then they're totally screwed because they got yeah. your 2FA. So your only solution is And their emails, use, they can read your emails. Exactly, you. right. So your only solution, your only attempts at a solution are to put a pin code on the SIM, apparently that works. I'm not really sure if it actually works, but I've heard it works. Didn't look into it, because um, I don't use my phone for anything. <laughs> I don't use phone for nothing. Like, I get a new SIM card, it doesn't even matter, because like, mm -hmm. I don't use it for anything, I just use it for internet access. And then uh, the, the other thing you can do is to use the Google Authenticator for 2FA. And yeah. then when they SIM swap you, they didn't get your physical device, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's on your Authy or Google Authenticator doesn't get... Exactly, right. Okay. Because it's physically locked to your thing. You didn't cloud it. Yeah, yeah. But if you use some cloud-based password storage, you're totally screwed. So, oh, reset my password. They have your email. You're done. <laughs> like, they can just reset your password at all your emails and take over everything. Like, they're you. Like, when they get your so phone... So who's doing this? Russian guys doing this? No, thing. Americans. A lot of Americans, Israelis, mostly. Um... It's but the, the feds get like if the feds catch you swim swapping, they do bust you up. But most of the time, they're they're too busy checking out hate speech on Twitter, though, aren't oh, they? Here in the UK, but not as yeah, we haven't gotten that bad about it in America yet. But when they in the in the UK and Australia, they do send the police to your door for what you put on social media, and I think that's so terrible. <laughs> Stupid free speech. Thought no, police so, are at my door. Okay, so how does <laughs> how do I buy uh, hex? Well, um, the best, the most liquid market in the world, well, it is easy if you've used Ethereum before. So if you just buy Ethereum and then go to oneinch.io or matcha.xyz and type hex, you can market buy and it's going to spread your order across all the liquidity. Uniswap v2, Uniswap v3, other things all over the place, and it's going to get you the best order execution. You're going to get the best deal. There is no better deal than that. There's no possible way to get a better deal unless you want to use a limit order. And those are the same two places you place limit orders. You click limit, you turn your Ethereum into wrapped Ethereum, and then you 
uh, tell it where you want to buy. And then okay. you hope it hits your price. And when and uh, where do you store your hex? MetaMask. But, you know, so you can install MetaMask. So how vulnerable is MetaMask to all this SIM swapping? Well, not at all. Unless it's you, on Chrome. Well, you get your seed words. Yeah. That's everything. You can put your seed words into MetaMask to do stuff. But when you're done doing stuff, you can uninstall all that crap and just have your physical seed words. And if someone hacks your computer, they're not there. So you can get your browser compromised, your computer compromised, there could be a video camera watching you, there could be a key logger, it don't matter because you're not using it. But if you load your seed words into the MetaMask, then I would suggest that you make sure there's no camera watching your screen. Don't install viruses, you know, and then, uh, you know, do what you need to do. And then when you're done, delete it all and mm. just keep it offline, you know. And then you're as secure as you can imagine. You're as secure as you can protect those words. And if you really want to be more secure, you can use Shamir secret sharing to split your keyword across multiple locations with whatever amount of redundancy you want. Five of seven, five of 10, whatever, like eight of 15, whatever, I don't know. Like usually- I can see why people just buy gold and bury yeah. it in the garden. Yeah, yeah. Except it doesn't go up. Exactly. So the, the issue with by the way, MetaMask supports hardware wallets. So you can get a Trezor or a Ledger and your MetaMask supports it. And, and we have dedicated sites to support those, like apex.win is a dedicated Ledger integration where you don't even need to use MetaMask at all if you don't mm -hmm. like browser extensions or whatever. The vast majority of people in the Ethereum ecosystem use MetaMask and the vast majority do not get hacked. It's a very small minority that get hacked. They yeah. either go to a fake website and enter their seed words or they get an email from fake admin, they enter their seed words, or they go sign up for a fake airdrop. Yeah. Like you just, these are the primary, or they watch a, a fake live stream on YouTube where they take someone's real live stream, like mine, or Charles Hoskinson's, or Vitalik's, or Michael Saylor's, and then they copy it onto the center of the screen and stream it, and then around it, they put their scam. Send us one, we'll send you back two. And people are like, oh, send one, you send me two? Where do I buy? And they do it. And you're like, God damn. But here's the problem. In crypto, there is so much free money that you're like, okay, this is yeah. obviously blatantly scam, but. Well, the easiest guy to scam is the guy who wants to get rich quick. Usually, yeah. And uh, a lot of people get into crypto because they want to get rich quick. Yeah. And a lot of people get rich quick. Well. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. You're like, you know, it breaks all these paradigms. You can't just tell people like there is no free money. You're like, no, nah, there's tons. And you can't get rich quick. And you're like, yeah, you can get rich quick. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah, yeah, really yeah. true. I've seen it many times. Yeah. I've seen it. A million percent Hex did in 267 days with a perfect flawless operation. It was given for free to Bitcoin holders. For free. Why and did I not get any? I didn't even hear it. <laughs> I tried so hard to tell everybody, man. I tried so hard. I really tried hard. Because we were delayed a year coming out. Like I, There was like an extra year for you to hear about it. Because yeah, it was hard yeah. to do. Yeah. So, so Hex is the first thing in the world to monetize time. And, and people lock their coins on average 5.8 years. And I tell you, the only reason why any of these coins go up is because people buy and hold. And everything else is a narrative meme. Bitcoin was going to be peer-to-peer -peer digital cash. Oops. It was going to be programmable money. Oops. Now it's something else. It doesn't really matter. It's just a narrative excuse meme to get people to buy and hold. Sure. I mean, there were lots of companies that started out doing one thing and then ended up doing something else. Flickr, Instagram, yeah. uh, everybody. Like, 
Particularly, yeah, particularly in software. Sure. Yep. Uh, the original Bitcoin client had a poker uh, know, client in it. I, I know the guy who um, who wrote the code for that. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, Amir Taki. I think it was before Amir's time. I think that po I don't think Amir was in there in two thousand nine. This is the no, original first it, client. Amir yeah, came in later. Maybe, but not long after. I know he was looking because he was. I know he was playing poker online and, and all the houses yeah. were ripping people off people yeah. were hacking the houses sure. and he was trying to, so he invented a system of decentralized shuffling okay and then he wanted some decentralized money to use yeah. together with the decentralized shuffling and yeah. he kept trying to find a solution and he kept Where coming back to bitcoin to he went out to syria he was involved in something called dark coin which i think might have become a narrow or no. something similar but he was involved and then well, there's a biking bike coin fork actually Okay, but he was involved in a privacy coin sure. early on. Okay. And then he went out to Syria. He's back, he's on Twitter, he's doing something. Okay. He's yeah. kind of a dude, you know, he's a big, big champion of bringing it out in the system. Have you ever thought about how many Bitcoin devs left Bitcoin? Satoshi left, Mike Hearn left, Gavin Anderson left, Amir left, I think. Jeff Garzik? Jeff Garzik left, but he's a scumbag anyway, so who cares? He's a piece of trash, that guy. Okay, I, I can't. I don't, he I don't said know. he was going to do SegWit2x. Okay, he's going to force that fork with that blockchain increase. Bitfinex to open options trading, or rather futures trading on that. So if you bet on Jeff Garzik, you lost all your money. So if you traded your Bitcoin fork futures for S2x futures on Finex, you lost all your money because you bet on that fat piece of trash. And I'm a fat guy, too. But just fatter. Now I didn't. I didn't get screwed on that. I didn't do any future yeah. trading on that. But when people say they're going to do a thing and they don't do that thing, and then it costs people okay. millions and millions and millions of dollars because you couldn't do that thing. And by the way, someone tried to run that software as though the fork would have happened. It had an off by one bug and wouldn't even mine a block after this, the block height it was supposed to fork. Wouldn't even mine a block after that. When a scumbag like that has already been smacked down by Satoshi and told not to raise the block size increase 10 years ago because it'll, it'll just fork you off the network to your own detriment. And then he, does, he tries to do it again 10 years later and costs everyone hundreds of millions of dollars. I have no mercy for a scumbag like that. Okay. No. Um, so you, do you still own Bitcoin then? Yes, yeah, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan? you bullish? No. On Bitcoin, no. Are you bullish on Ethereum? No. Why not? Marcus already had a bull run for three years. Ethereum already did a 50x. Jimmy Fallon of The Tonight Show has an NFT for his profile picture. El Salvador bought it. Michael, Sal Michael Saylor bought it. The world's richest guy bought it. Who didn't buy yet? Who hasn't heard of it yet? You've been in a bull run for three years now. You dropped out of the parabola. You dropped 55%. Now you made a, a limp wiener... 6% increase, Judas candle, and you made a 20% drop again. Bear flag, wrecked, fell out of the parabola, time to go down 85%, down to 11K. Maybe they printed so much money you don't get 11K, maybe you get 15K. But I don't think 30K is the, the bottom, really don't. Because who's left to buy? If, I, if you wanted to make this market look more overheated. Well, it just, it goes up, more buyers come out, don't they? No, eventually. See, that's the funny thing is you can't predict when you finally run out of them. There's more buyers, more buyers, more buyers. Oh, look, people are buying million-dollar JPEGs. 
oh, look, people are trying to buy the Constitution, but they don't even really get it. They don't actually get a copy of the Constitution. They don't even get a portion of ownership. They just get some unrelated DAO token duct taped on. People will buy any stupid thing they're, they're given. This sounds exactly like 2017. Fees are unbearable. Exactly like 2017. The one thing it doesn't have that 2017 had is that vertical spike at the end. You don't think a 50x in under two years is a vertical spike? Well, that's the theory. It is. It is a vertical spike. Okay. The price did go vertical. People just don't understand that they've been in a bull run for a long time. Now look, in the last bear, in the last bear market, he just went up and did a 40x anyway. You know, and, and when Bitcoin and Ethereum drop, it looks like Hex goes up like crazy. So there, you're not, not, it's not going to be a bear market for everything. But it's going to be a bear market for everything that's primary liquidity pair as Ethereum or Bitcoin, usually, in my opinion. So it's, if I'm wrong, then Bitcoin's doing something it's never done before. It's never fallen out of that parabola, dropped 50%, and not done an 85% drop. It's never done it. And I don't consider, well, I do not I sort consider. Of think, I, th I see 50% as the new 80%. If they've printed so much money that that's the case, it could be possible, but I really, I, I, it's, you, these dips are psychologically based. People. I've got the, uh, this idea that there's four stages to a bull market in yeah, a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Quiet accumulation. Someone slid a note under the door. Maybe someone trying to have sex with me. I have to check what this is. <laughs> I need all the sex I can get. I know the feeling. <clears throat> Are those That's nothing exciting. Maybe? Is it your breakfast menu? Nah, they're just saying that they're doing some work on the water, so you're going to okay. have cold water for a bit. Um, so my theory is that there's four phases to a, a bull market cycle in, in crypto. You've got quiet accumulation, um, para, parabola, um, murderous sell-off, yeah. and frustrating consolidation. Sure. And I, I see us as in frustrating consolidation at the moment. And, and retesting the old highs and not break, properly breaking out is all part of frustrating consolidation. Consolidation is usually a much tighter range, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and they go on for longer than you, than you ever want or expect. I mean, our last bear market was only a year and included all those phases, or at least half of them. Yeah. I mean, it was literally 365 days to the day. So, um, I think... But then it went all the way back and retested the three thousand dollar low. Well, Do you remember we got it went from exactly twenty grand to three grand. Yeah, but 30, and then we had two years of, you know, went up to twelve, yeah. then it came back to six, and then it went to nine, and then it went back to three. So eventually, it made a well, huge W bottom at three. Though. I mean, it's it's a it's a third up. Like it's you you could have set bids at thirty five hundred, never been filled, and been very unhappy. <laughs> You know, like people, like what, let me give an example. There's this theory in TA that you need to retest the previous high. Sometimes that doesn't happen. So when we broke out of 1170 mm -hmm. and went up to 20K, we never went back down to 1200. We never tested it. It just never happened. Mm -hmm. So if you had bids at 1200 because of the 1170 breakout, you never got filled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those bids are still sitting there. Oh, you dropped down to 3K. Those 1170 bids are still sitting there. And so there's just, you know, there's some TA theories like, you know, you have to close the gaps on the CME, right? So it'll gap up. Yeah, then... but they're, they're not rules. Sure, I know. 
But there's things traders look at, you know. I know sure. all the things. <laughs> but just, I mean, so do I. And just mm. because they didn't happen, it doesn't mean they will happen. No, I don't. I don't. And well, that's you, you, you say the thing because it's what normally happens, but. Well, no, but know. like, I'm not, I'm just saying that in crypto, you'll get left behind easy. You're waiting for a retest. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're like, no. We had this in Hex. Some guy, we call him the Godwill. He's got 100,000 Ethereum plus. This is just like one address we know. He's got 100,000. I think he's got other addresses too. He just How'd doubled. How do you know he's got 100,000? Well, it's on chain. You just see it. Oh, okay. Some guy doubled the hex price on a candle and it never retraced and it never came back. And you're just like, what? <laughs> How? He just 10,000 ETH market bought, doubled the price, price didn't even retrace. You would never expect that. You're like, okay. No retest to break out, no retrace, nothing, just more up. Then you you know you see this in a lot of charts, man, and it's like the hacks is only now starting to do some of the TA things that I'm used to seeing. Mm -hmm. Like earlier, it just it was its own weird animal, and now it like acts a little bit more predictable. So, I think. Are there any? Do you even look at other altcoins or any other altcoins you like at the minute? Or are there any developers I mean, who work you like who we should be looking out for? Well, for? look, if you want the world's largest anonymity set, Monero. But they did have that bug, which meant it wasn't anonymous, which kind of sucked. Well, Monero's cool, but it, it slides. It sure. slides down yeah. the... It's not meant to be highly I performative. I once uh, listened to a talk by a Monero maximalist, and it was yeah. one of the best talks I've ever heard. It was great. He was wrong, though. <laughs> I, a good talk. Look, I, I can tell you that Fluffy Pony likes Pulse Chain. And likes what we're doing and has volunteered to help and stuff and we just have it covered so we've never really had to we, we asked for his help a little bit about integrating Monero for sacrifice so you can sacrifice Monero for Pulse you will be able to sacrifice Monero for uh, Pulse Swap and whatever it's called so I appreciate what he does you know like I, I think mm -hmm. anonymity is a human right privacy is a human right and we need to regain our digital rights the way that we used to have analog rights you know, if you're a business and you're paying crypto, all your employees know what your other employees are making because they can see it on chain. Mm -hmm. Is that good for business? No, it's not good for business. So you need anonymity just to run a business normally, and you used to have that. When I write you a normal check, do you know how much money is in my bank account? Do you know who else I'm paying and what I'm paying them? Well, you're doing crypto. That's crap. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. worse, right? And now that Ethereum fees are so high, to pay $50 to pay everyone sucks. It's crap, you know? And then you, and if you, you know, if you use technology on Ethereum to anonymize your coins, like Tornado Cash, it's costing you maybe 1% for the privilege. I've got some Tornado Cash. There you go. There's another free coin. Cool. Also free coin, by the way. You got Tornado Cash for free by using Tornado Cash. You got Uniswap for free by yeah, using Uniswap. I just bought it on You got one inch for free. Cool. Yeah. You got one inch for free it. for using one inch. You know how many free airdrops Hex users have gotten? Oh my God, so many. So many free airdrops. MetaMask will probably do an airdrop as well. So we got free one inch, we got free uni, we got free tornado cash, we got free uh, Gitcoin. Was that what it was called? I don't remember. Gitcoin something. Yeah, Gitcoin. We got free, uh, just you name it, man. Mm. Like, there's a lot of free money in crypto. Just tons. Not for Bitcoin users anymore. It's DeFi guys now. But like, you guys yeah. used to get a lot. But now the DeFi guys get everything. Oh, you, we just also got free DYDX as well. So, depending on what you've used, 
you got a lot of free coins. There's also free Fox tokens. So there's a lot of free money out there. Um, if you'd use DeFi stuff. But oh if you just God. if you just use Bitcoin, you didn't get any of this. The, it, the problem is, like, you know, I've got other stuff I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't have time to, to go and study all of this and learn all of this. I literally, I'm going to stand like a stupid no-corner, and I guess that's what I am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a no-DeFi. A D, oh, my God. A non-DeFi. Yeah. But I've just got other stuff I'm doing. And, and it's a full-time job knowing and understanding this and playing with it. Yeah. And, and But it pays really well. I'm sure well, the rewards are certainly there. <laughs> but if you're just like a guy who's got other shit he's doing, yeah. you don't, you, you just want something you can go, right, I'm buying this and this is a play on the space and then you walk away. You can still away. do that if you want. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, e Ethereum sort of was that. Well, it still is. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. a 50x. It's not bad. It's not 10,000x, but it's not bad. <laughs> so for instance, right now, I'm forking the Ethereum network and, and giving everyone the world's largest free airdrop. And, you know, if the plans work out and people bridge over the ERC-20s to provide liquidity and back the value of the PRC-20s, the, the things they got for free, I mean, you're, you're in a liquidity pool, you're bridging in your ERC-20s and you're getting the PRC-20s for free. You're getting one half of the liquidity pool for free. And then you're earning fees, and then you're earning liquidity pool rewards and another token. And then that backs up all the value of the PRC-20s. And now you have a derivative play on all the value of the ERC-20s. And then you have the coins that are more expensive on the Pulse chain. So how do I do this? Well, you, you should follow my Twitter, Richard Hart Win on Twitter. And if you want to go to Hex News, t.me on Telegram, t.me slash Hex News, yeah. then those are the two spots where you're going to learn about everything that's going on. And that sacrifice phase should be out in a month, probably. Month, month and a half. And then you can sacrifice for a good political cause, get some nice free tokens, and then, you know, I can tell you that pancake swap tokens have done very well and uh, quick swap tokens have done very well. And uh, Trader Joe tokens probably done very well, right? Like every, every fork of Ethereum that has users, the popular yield farming place where people do the trading, mm -hmm. that token tends to do very well. Um, what other networks does this happen on? Yeah, probably all of them, right? Because what... Like, what's one of the most useful things on Ethereum? On-chain exchange. No counterparty risk. Billions and billions and billions of dollars of volume. More volume than Coinbase. Uniswap does more volume than Coinbase. Trustlessly, decentralized, with no admin keys, kind of. Uniswap V2 does have an admin key where they can turn on a tax. But they haven't turned it on. They're unlikely to. Mm -hmm. So, you know. But other than that, there's no mm -hmm. rug-pull risk or whatever, right? So... I, I think that the addition of those automated market maker trading... Do you know about automated market makers? Sort of. Okay. Let right. me tell you what they are. Go on right. then. Okay. So normal order book, people you know, place their asks, they're selling, people place their bids, they're buying, and you do a trade, and then those orders are gone. And you just hope that new orders appear, or else you don't have anyone to trade with. Yeah. And what usually fulfills that in normal markets are called market makers, and they keep a spread. And so they make the bid-ask spread. And they hope that the price flops around in that range and they keep making fees so they can afford to rebuy inventory if the price leaves the range. And then they're on the wrong side of it and they've got to rebuy inventory to play that game up there. Mm -hmm. Or down here. So what auto the innovation of automated market makers was, we're just going to make a market maker that's always there and will always trade with you, no matter what, forever. And it's 
automated. There's no bot, there's no machine. It just works always. And so if you buy up coins, so you put your coins in, you take a different coin out, it looks at the ratio and that ratio is the price. So if, so if a Bitcoin was worth an Ethereum or if, or if a hex was worth a dollar, right? You'd have, you know, a million hex in the pool, you'd have a million dollars in the pool. And so let's say you bought $500,000 of hex. Now you added $500,000 in pools. Now there's 1.5 million there. Mm -hmm. And you pulled out half the hex. And so now there's only 500,000 hex there. And what's the ratio of $1.5 million to 500,000? It's three to one ratio. So yeah. now the price is $3. So if you, if, you imp, if you bought up half the pool, you raise the price 3x. Mm -hmm. and, then in, and then basically... It's so that's what happens with those scams because they people uh, create their own liquidity, don't they? Well, you would have had very similar things on normal order books anyway. Like you didn't need yeah. automated maker, makers to perform scamming, yeah. right? So like BitConnect oh, was sorry, a scam. No, I mean the the <clears throat> I, I didn't mean automated market sure. makers. I beg your pardon. I meant the you would provide liquidity on both sides in the scam to make it look like there was a lot more tra trading than there actually was. Well, before you pull the no, because you need to actually perform trades if you want to look busy. Yeah. So you'd have to spam it with trades or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you'd also yeah. now have to pay $300 for each trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the fees are so high. So I think, I think that the price of gas kind of limits the amount of wash trading you see because you'll have a high overhead for trying to play that game. Mm -hmm. And I think most people could see through it. You could just tell, like, oh, look, the same addresses are buying from each other because it's all on chain. Mm -hmm. And it's not anonymous. And then if you saw someone going through Tornado Cash, you'd be like, oh, there's something shady going on there. So I, I don't think you really have a lot of that. You do have a lot of people just, they'll make coins you can't sell. So when you go to try and sell them, it doesn't work. Yeah. I've seen that. And then you have coins where they just it get real popular real quick, and then the does rug pull it, it goes to zero. And, and then I've, you also see ones where there's just exploits, where there's an inflation bug, and it goes to zero, because you can mint infinite inflation mm -hmm. if you're the exploiter and just sell all the liquidity until zero. So those are very common, sure, which is why Hex had two security audits and one economics audit before launch, and it's why we run perfectly. We're highly gas-optimized, but even with those optimizations, it's still sucks because the mm. fees are high but you don't have to stake you don't you don't have to do those things you don't have to trade you can just buy and hold and then that's in crypto who gets rich founders and holders and who gets wrecked traders and where do the traders money go exchanges and holders that's it that's the ecosystem you know yeah yeah so, so buy and hold and hope you choose the right one and if you if you choose ones that have product market fit and a strong user base, strong brand, strong founder, strong marketing, strong value proposition, walled garden, barrier to entry. You know, hex code isn't open source. You can't just fork it. So you see lots of forks of Bitcoin. You don't see any forks of hex. No. Me smart. <laughs> like, it's just better, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and you see lots of people talk trash about Bitcoin as soon as they sell it. They don't like it anymore. But in hex, when you got a 5.8 year average stake, there's not too many people demonizing it because mm -hmm. they're locked in and they love it and they're going to keep loving it, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think Hex is a good buying opportunity. I don't have a crystal ball, right? I, I never know when the price is going to go up or down. But historically in the chart, every 60 or 70% dip has been a wonderful opportunity. And you're getting the coins on two chains. And when, you know, the value of the coins in the Pulse chain is, I believe, going to be in some degree to the liquidity that's willing to back them. And, and act as, as liquidity and, and buy them, right? Will that be a pulse chain coin? Yeah, yeah. So what we did was we 
gave the coins to people that uh, sacrificed them to support free speech. We gave the coins to people that sacrificed their crypto to the SENS Foundation. 27 million fiat worth did. They sold mm. for real cash, 27.5 million. And then uh, Ethereum holders also get one-to-one -one ratio. So if you have one Ethereum, like Bitcoin, I think Vitalik has like 300,000 Ethereum. So he's going to get 300,000 Pulse. But you also could have got 300,000 Pulse by putting in like 20 grand or something. Okay. Because we inflated the supply of the network by a million X. Million X. So the supply of the Pulse network is going to be 150 trillion roundabout. So Vitalik ain't getting much of an airdrop. Okay. But he's going to be able to use the network because it's almost free to use. Okay. So it's like, but all the, all the ERC-20 guys get a free ride. They don't get any dilution. Oh, here, you want to hear some brain wreckers? Here's some brain wreckers. Well, I'm, I think I'm already brain wrecked. I know, you tell me. Fall asleep. <laughs> so USDC is very valuable. You're going to have a copy of USDC on Pulse. But it's not going to be backed by anything. But we already know that USDT was fractionally reserved and still held its peg. So can you take fractional reserve to zero? And what does the value go to? And with an automated market maker pair, you can't actually ever trade it to actual zero. Mm -hmm. You can just ask them to near it, but you can't actually trade it zero. So you also can't do that in a normal legacy market. They just won't let you bid that. You can't bid zero. It won't let you. So, and then you've got algorithmic stable coins. Do the USDC, USDT guys use their admin keys to invalidate all the coins and get sued by the users perhaps? Or do so. they let them just trade and float? And, and then do they eventually launch their, their you know, counterparty-laden USDC, USDT things actually on the chain like they've done on TRX and Polygon and other places? It's going to be wild. We have no idea. We have no idea. Is CoinMarketCap going to list the 10,000 new coins? And the 10,000 new prices. I mean, it's, double, it's doubling the entire yeah. altcoin yeah. Yep. network, all, I suppose, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely crazy, man. It's going to be crazy. And that's the thing I love is it's so easy to on-ramp new users because you literally just, in MetaMask, it's always been built to be multi-network. Yeah. So literally at the top, it says Ethereum mainnet. You just click that thing. It's always been visible forever. Yeah. And drop it down to add network. You type in the IP, the pulse chain, you're done. All your keys work. All the tickers are there. You don't got to do nothing. So to on-ramp a new user is like this. It's so much easier to on-ramp a new user to this than to get them to buy anything. Yeah. Like, beautiful. Now we have bridges. Do you know how bridges work? No. This is amazing. The same way that automated market makers changed on-chain exchange, there's always someone with you to trade. Always. Otherwise, the order books, the reason DEX has always sucked is because people would trade and then the orders would go away and there'd be no one to trade with. They just sucked always. Now they're amazing. I mean, there's half a billion dollars of liquidity for Ethereum just sitting there. Trying, it's the thickest order book for Ethereum in the world. It's on chain. No counterparty risk. No Mt. Gox. They steal the money. Um, bridges allow you, so you're going to deposit your Ethereum to a contract, the bridge contract, and then it's going to say, hey, this address deposited. So we're going to issue that address on this chain, the token that represents this token. And then when you decide you don't want to be on that network anymore, this one gets deposited to the contract and burnt, and then this one gets released. And so you send your Ethereum here. It gives you E-Ethereum on Pulse Chain. And then you do what you want. Trade cheaply, do all the awesome stuff, higher throughput, lower fees, better for the environment, world's largest airdrop, you know, 
faster, three-second blocks, instead of 13-second average on Ethereum. And then when you're done, you can bridge back. And so that bridging, that cross-chain bridging between networks is perfect. Because now, you don't need exchanges to list you. You want to list? Cool. Have fun. But we're here to get rid of you guys. You're middlemen. Don't like middlemen. Yeah. I know a couple of coins that complain massively that the reason that the coin doesn't do very well is that they're not listed on, on exchanges, on Coinbase and so on. I mean, look, there's a funny thing that every coin that lists on Coinbase dumps. So there's, it's called like, someone did a report on it, and it's like, we're proud to announce. And then like, if you search Coinbase, we're proud to announce, you see all these coins that then immediately dumped after. So I don't, I don't think the price, like for instance, Hex isn't on Coinbase and it did a million percent. Without staking, it did like maybe 2 million percent with it. it. It doesn't matter whether you're on Coinbase or not. These days, it may have several years ago, but now yeah. that we have decentralized exchange, and it's the best experience you can have, minus these stupid fees right now, which is allowing all these Ethereum killers and Ethereum helpers, like I like to call Hex and, or Pulse Chain Ethereum helper. We're just mm. trying to lower your fees by taking your users. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I, I wanted to talk about a, f a few things with you, but I'm absolutely shattered down. It's nearly my bedtime. <laughs> I wanted to talk about politics and libertarianism and all that kind of hit thing. It, hit, it, hit it with a five minute. You got five minutes. Okay. Well, my first question I want to ask you is... Um, we believe is in free speech, yes. certainly in the UK, non-crypto people that I talk about. Yeah. We all despair with all the policing of free speech that's going in on, particularly on YouTube, anything to do with COVID that's critical of government policy gets warning signs or it gets taken down. Somebody can close now. down your YouTube account at any moment. Twitter patrols free speech. Obviously yes. today, Jack Dorsey stood down. Yeah. Um, we don't know if the new guy is going to be more militant or less militant yet but one suspects more militant because it's in the interest of social media companies to get into bed with government and do what they say in order that their little monopolies aren't taken away and so on. Why is decentralised social media, decentralised video sharing, why is that not going to happen? Decentralised video sharing has too high of a bandwidth cost. You just lose money. So when you, like, I switched from... because randomly YouTube will just delete my channel. It's been deleted before. Yeah. And then I have to beg and polish knobs everywhere and hope that someone knows someone that can do something. They took Pomp down the other day, didn't they? Everybody. They yeah. do it to everybody. Absolutely every crypt, every crypto YouTuber well I, knock on wood. Every crypto YouTuber's been taken down. And unfairly. So or I believe unfairly. Maybe some of them are scummier than others, but for the most part, the guys I'm talking about, they're not deserving yeah. to have their free speech removed or whatever. So, you know, it, when I switched the videos from being hosted on YouTube to being hosted directly, you look at the bill, you're like, hey, this costs money, you know? And then how are you going to recoup that money? Ads? You're not going to get any advertisers. Especially if, you, if you're like bit shoot and you cater to all the stuff that's banned everywhere else, yeah. no one will advertise with you. Because they don't want to eat crap for being near any of that other stuff. So you can't get any money to pay for the high bandwidth costs. And therefore, you can't get advertisers. It, it just, and then you have bad user experience, right? Like I've tried to use those sites. The user experience sucks. Try to upload a video. Yeah. It just doesn't work. No, and then no one views it. And you're like, okay. You know? So you run into this problem where you have to burn through hundreds of millions of dollars to try and get a strong enough user base to get a, a self-reinforcing, like, oh, we can attract creators because we have viewers. And we can attract viewers because we have creators. So it's the same question as, like, why don't you just make a free eBay? 
because it's the critical mass effect. You need to pay enough to prime the pump mm. to create the critical mass to be able to compete. You know, so you know it should be wildly easy to create a new eBay, but no one can because the you know they can't get the that thing I'm telling you about, and so. You're, it's and then in the in the case of Facebook, Facebook just buys anything that gets close. Like WhatsApp could have become Facebook. Yeah. So instead they bought them, and Instagram could have become Facebook. So instead they bought them, and then capitalism doesn't work when there's no competition, and when the guy that you would want to see out competed and have his margins reduced is able to just act as a monopoly and act as a trust, and we have antitrust laws, but people forget what those trusts used to be used to be like United Steel and things like that that would just buy up everybody and then price fix mm -hmm. and then screw everybody. And that's what we have and we'll always have unless they start enforcing the stark antitrust laws. Actually, Yeah, I mean, the regulation stark, was there in 2008, but it wasn't enforced. Well, those antitrust laws have been around since yeah, yeah. the 30s. No, but the point I'm making is that the laws for most things they to They just do don't right, use them. Yeah, exactly. And they They're should. Enforced. An emergent monopoly is a monopoly. If you're deleted from YouTube and Twitter and Facebook... Do you exist? You're no longer like those are utilities much more so than the telephone ever was. And the telephone was regulated as a utility, and it had to have you know data phone number portability. And for DSL, you had to be able to just everybody could resell DSL with their little value add. Oh, we're going to give you news group access, whatever. That's the way you solve social media. Is you give people data portability. Here's your profile. You can put it wherever you want. You and then you get a base. So that's layer. not a libertarian solution. Well, if you want a free market, the solution to creating a free market is not liberty. Free market means regulated market. It means you can't price fix, you can't shoot your competitors, you can't uh, have a monopoly. So a free market means an unfree market. A free market is made free by not allowing them to do the scummy things they would naturally do. So if you, so, it's just like you need capitalism for wants and you need socialism for needs. You need socialism for education. You need socialism for medicine. Most of the world has already figured that out, and that's why they get much better health outcomes and much lower crime rates. But in the United States, we have the highest murder, like we, we have the highest gun death rate, and we score extremely poorly in the schooling stuff. And you're just like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be one medical problem away from bankruptcy and living in the street. It doesn't work. Like the society's gonna pay for that person living in the street, indirectly or directly, and you get a better deal if you pay for it directly. There's a good <clears> book <throat> called Wealth Secrets of the One Percent by an economist called Sam Wilkin, and he looks at the richest people in history, oh. and he concludes that most of them made their fortunes. In fact, almost all of them, not by being brilliant entrepreneurs and taking risks and so on, but just by occupying monopolies and then relying yep. on government to reinforce their monopolies and obliterate the competition and so on. From and we're seeing exactly the same thing with Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and all the others. Mm, Bill Gates did a lot of innovation. Yeah, but he's a massive, massive... Oh, uh, he played the game. Yeah. Like, he, he did like embrace his... Yeah, I'm not saying he's not an innovator, because he is, yeah. but his, his skill was in patenting and protecting... Sure. And, Embrace, extend, extinguish was purely anti-competitive, anti-like that was scummy. He did that. Um, he he stood with Steve Jobs one time. I think the quote was, you know, Steve Jobs said that like they copied something from like Microsoft copied something from uh, Apple, and Bill Gates I think was more like actually it's like you and I went to IBM or Xerox's house and both copied them, <laughs> like because those guys used to be 
you know, they had mm -hmm. good ideas back then. IBM and Xerox did. I can't remember which one. I think it was Xerox that they copied in this case. So, but, but we do have some innovation. I think cryptocurrency is innovative and one of the only things in the world that really has a chance of changing man's relationship with government, of changing man's relationship with labor, of, of, of really giving the human beings their power back. And it's also the best performing asset in all of history. It's, it's totally unregulated at the moment, and it's the it's it, you know as a result as well. There's all the scams, but it also means there's a real chance for innovation I to happen as well. I think it's very well. I think that there's a lot of regulation. Well, it's self-regulating. It doesn't rely on government. No, there's real regulation. You Is try that? and sell Bitcoin out of your front yard, you'll get an unlicensed money transmitter charge, and you will be fighting for your life okay. in front of the feds. This a reason. There's the reason that the exchanges are get so rich is because of the regulatory arbitrage. You want to sell you want to sell crypto in any state? Okay, it's not that much. Yeah, I wasn't thinking but so much when I said that as the sort of transition from fiat to Bitcoin. I was thinking more about all the like if you're a young guy starting out now, you're going to go into crypto. You're not going to go into If you're smart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know it's attracting the biggest brains, yeah. certainly the biggest computer brains, the technical brains. You know what? It's not. If you go on hackernews.com, very smart people absolutely despise crypto. All of them. They all absolutely 100% hate crypto. Don't know why. It's insane. It's hilarious. Okay, but that's one, you know, that's one small portion. I'm telling you every single developer in the world will tell you cryptocurrency is garbage. I'm telling you for a fact. So what are they all doing then? Everything else. They're all making, you know, 200K, 300K at Amazon, Facebook, Apple, what is it, Fang, Netflix, Google. Yeah, yeah, but don't yeah. they want to go make a million and five million and ten million starting up some cryptocurrency? Nope. But a lot of them do. No, they get, like, on their stock options, they get paid out, like, another half mil, like they do. And then they get the vesting period. They're all on the treadmill, and then they just keep changing jobs from different fan companies, upping their ante. Okay. I'm telling you. I believe you. You're, you're developers the hate, hate crypto. They hate it. That's why there's not many crypto developers, because no one wants to do it. And when you use crypto software, you realize it's trash. Like we forked Geth. Geth sucks. But it's what everyone else forked too, and it's what Ethereum uses. But it sucks, and we're working on improving mm. that. Someone well, has to make it better. I'm surprised. Now I'll Big tell you. software sucks too. I'll just tell you my grand theory. So my, um, presumably, uh, from we haven't talked about it so much now, but when we were talking at dinner, you were kept. One of the things you kept saying is, "I want to change the world. I want to yeah. make it better." Nope. This kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what the, you know, the idea of patient zero. So you know when you watch a zombie film, mm -hmm. and patient yep. zero is the virus from which the. Yep. There was no instances, and now there's the first instance. Yeah and, yeah, and the hero of the film has to get to patient zero and either kill him or patient zero has the antidote, whatever. This is just silly, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched this series on it's a, it's a, it's um, But you're familiar with the concept oh, of yeah. patient zero. Yeah. And I used to think that, that if we were to save the world, patient zero is a system of money. Sure. And if we could fix our system of money, then everything else will follow. And if we want to limit government, then we need to limit their ability to print money and control and regulate and so on. I'm going to say that, that won't, that's not right. I'll uh, tell you why. Okay, I'm, I'm saying that used to be my theory, sure. but you can tell me why it's not right. Well, look at, 
42% of all Bitcoin is owned by 2,163 addresses. If you, if you then say, oh, well, some of those exchanges, you're like, okay, but how has that worked out in the past? Yeah. CX, Mt. Cox, BTC, it hasn't worked out very well. But let's say that magically that wasn't a problem. Now you're like the Winklevoss twins have a couple percent, Draper has a couple percent, uh, Sailor's got a percent or two. Bloke the finance. Right, on down the list. You go down yeah. that list and you're like, these are VCs and Silicon Valley guys and guys who were millionaires before they got in. I was a millionaire before I got in. Roger Ver was a millionaire before you got in. You know, like, why? Yeah, so they could afford, they could afford to have 100,000 coins right. stolen because they could buy another 100,000, you know. That. Yeah, so like, it, these, the majority of these cryptocurrencies are just the rich getting richer, the vast majority. Bitcoin, the Ethereum. The guy with the Indian name, Chalim, what's his name? I don't know. Big, okay. Yeah, I don't know any. He always goes on to, when Bitcoin goes up, he always says, when Bitcoin gets to a million dollars, I'm going to buy the Hamptons or something, he's always saying. Right, yeah. So like, this, I mean, you could go, there's, we have a list of guys who have a huge bunch of these coins, and, and then people think that they're going to like change how everything works, and you're like, you're just making the bankers rich. Like the bankers have more Bitcoin than you normal people that are trying to get things done. Mm -hmm. Hex is interesting in that there were no VC guys in it. Like the, it was really a currency for the people. You know, my fans, like it, when you come to this event and you see who the Hexagons are at this, uh, if you guys haven't bought tickets yet, December 2nd, hex731gathering.com, two year anniversary. Uh, Where is it? In Victoria, Square something, Victoria okay. something. It's here in London. What time? In the day or in the evening? Evening. It's like, I think, 7 p.m. I'm going to struggle to make it, sorry. But anyway. I can get you in. I can't, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I've, I host a TV show that night. So, all right. Sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, there's going to be Lambos and television crew and it's going to be wild, dude. <laughs> there's going to be a Vauxhall insignia taking I, me. I'm going to be getting dropped off by uh, Rolls Royce unless someone messes it up. Um, I've leased them the Rolls Royce. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> a phantom that'd be great so like it, you know we not all cryptocurrencies have such a virtuous libertarian minded honorable change the world kind of community and by the way why was i why did i raise more money for charity than anyone else in the history of cryptocurrency i don't know i'm not the richest guy in crypto what am i the only person that cares about curing aging and disease so that we all don't have to just rot and fall apart and turn to crap like my dog's dead my grandparents are dead my parents probably ain't doing that great and then i'm up on the chopping block hey i could drop some weight you know like it's time to to fight the grim reaper while you can still stand and then these people that have more money than they'll ever be able to spend they die rich and you're like hey steve jobs lost the game he lost you're doing better than steve jobs steve jobs lost the game and then you see other people making the same decisions and you're like guys what are you doing you know the guy just died, uh, the lead designer from uh, Louis Vuitton, his name was Virgil Abloh, just died at 42, 41, from uh, prostate cancer. No. Yeah, prostate cancer. We need more medicine. We need better medicine. And everyone, what's everyone focused on? Everything except that. Let's go to Mars. Let's do mosquito nets. Let's do malaria. My dog's dead. My grandparents are dead. None of that's helping them. I'm next up on a chopping block. Can I get something to hook me up? Hook me up. 
I'm a cool dude. I'm making the world a better place. Hook me up. I don't want to just die, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Well, so the zero patient, and money is part of it, but the zero patient is our system of tax. Could be. And the way, the reason I say that is because tax is, you design a society by the way that you tax it. Hmm? Uh, You design you control behaviour, you, in, 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 you incentivise behaviour by the way you tax it. At the moment, our system of tax, we penalise labour and we, we reward capital. Oh, yeah. There's an imbalance there. Big time. Um, but there's never, there's never existed a society in all human history without some kind of taxation. Even in the hunter-gatherer societies that preceded civilization, there would have been a sense of duty to the greater collective. Mm-hmm. And... You know, our system of tax at the moment is bloated, wasteful, inefficient. The incentives are all wrong. There's never any fundamental reform. It's all stuff at the edges with the gradual direction being more of it. And inflation, of course, is a form of tax in itself. And and debt is another form of tax. It's a tax on the future, basically. And so... And and even... um, Like in ancient Greece, they had voluntary taxes. And... You know, Bitcoin, the a crypto, we'll just use Bitcoin and just pretend for a moment that you think Bitcoin's good. Sure. Even in, within Bitcoin, you gold. know, you, you say there are no taxes. Well, there are. Yes. They're voluntary taxes, though. Miners' fees and gas fees in Ethereum. They're fees that you can either choose to pay or not pay or, you well, know, pay lower rates. Well, miners are getting rates. that inflation sure. constant whether anyone uses the network or not. They'll mine empty blocks and get that block reward. Sure. No. So... But anyway, so that, and I've written a whole book about it. And mm. if you look back at history, tell, the and book you start, tell us the book. Daylight then. Robbery. Uh, uh, the, the, the part, but if you, every great event from history, yeah. you can go, actually, there was a tax story behind that event, without which that event would have turned out very differently. Every war, every, right. pretty much every, every religion, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a tax story behind everything. And once you start to look at the world through the prism of tax, my grand theory is, is, so much of why stuff happened and why stuff, what's going to happen, becomes clear because of the way we tax. Good and news. I, Good I news. think we've got grave, grave problems in the West because nobody's, we're not thinking about the way we tax people. We're not oh, they're get thinking of, about it. They're thinking of raising cap gains to 40. Yeah, well, exactly. They're only thinking about more of it and yeah. how to pay for their spending next week right. and how to get elected in two years' time. Yeah. This, this is short-termism. Yes. You, you know, Agree. The, without, yeah. yeah. So that's my little good news for you guys at home. If you're American, you can move to Puerto Rico and pay zero percent capital gains tax. Consider doing that. And in the UK, I think you can move to the Channel Islands or Switzerland and pay zero capital gains tax. BVI, Bermuda. Yeah, and there are some places where you can move to and pay zero percent income tax as well. But to leave a country is problematic. Monica. You know, to become a tax exile from the United States. This goes all the way back to the Civil War. You know, you can't leave America. You have, you, you, wherever you go in the world, you still have to pay taxes to America uh, unless you buy an exit fee. You know all of this. That goes all the way back to Lincoln protecting Union tax revenue in the Civil War. That's where that law dates from. He wanted to make... Cause, and, and there's one theory that the Civil War was all about uh, un, Lincoln protecting Union May tax I say revenue. that it's not fair? That law... To be enslaved, regardless of where you live, to be enslaved, it's not fair. You've got to pay an exit fee, haven't you? You, 
have to negotiate to earn the right to pay one of those. I'll say. It's not easy, and, and apparently that, that queue will fill up and then there ain't. Technically, Boris Johnson was born, our Prime Minister was born in America. So technically, that makes him American. So technically, he, should, he actually owes the United States a shitload of back taxes. I'm not a fan of unfair things, to tell you the truth. Nor am I. No. So that law stinks, but you've got your Abraham Lincoln to blame for it. It's just hard to hate the guy. He's such a good wrestler. You know, <laughs> he's so tall and ugly. You know, how how was the uh, play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> other, you know, there's some funny quote about that. Like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> he got killed at the play. I know, I know, I know, I know. I was just, I was, I was digesting the thought. Yeah. Um, should we call it a day? Yeah. So, guys, check out his book, Daylight Robbery. Daylight Robbery, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's probably old as heck. It was written in 2013, right? No, no, no. Oh, no. Bitcoin, the Future of Money was written in 20, oh. 2013. Um, uh, published in 2014. Daylight oh. Robbery was from a couple of years ago. Nice. Last year. He also, I know you can't tell, but he's funny. He and has... we were going to argue about Brexit. I was going to tell you why Brexit's a good thing. Go, tell me. Because it, it, well, the idea is it removes a layer of government. Yeah. Well, that sounds nice. It killed your economy though, right? No. No? Just the value of the currency? Well, the, the currency plummeted, but the, we've got better growth rates than in Europe. Because the currency plummeted. Major. No, but that's only if you measure it since, since then. It, it plummeted against the US dollar, it didn't plummet. It, it plummeted initially against the euro, but it's, we're back at 120. It's the, not. the euro is not doing good versus the no. dollar. But it seems like there's a. It seems like the euro just can't drop under a dollar. Like no one will let it. I looked at the the max length chart of the euro versus the dollar. It just will never get below one to one. Never. It's a bit like that with the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar as well. I remember like when the Canadian will never go. There under. was like in 2011 at the peak of the commodities market, it went right. to like 97 cents or something. Right. And all the Canadians were laughing at all the real estate they were buying in. In Florida. Well, yeah, that's what people don't realize is like if you if you're holding dollars and the euro goes from like 1.4 down to where it is now, I think like 1.18, you just got like 20 or 30 percent more real estate for free. Yeah. So nice, like the all of the real estate, like everything in that country is 20 or 30 percent off now. Hmm. It makes a, it makes a big difference if you're vacationing or if you're just buying stuff other places, you know. Australia is another one of those things that actually moves quite a bit. Like, the commodity currencies do; they move with the commodity market right. markets. Yeah, so yeah. Australia is tied to copper and stuff. Guys, I like Dominic. He's really smart. He's a Bitcoin OG, and he's taken it extremely well. When I've been savaging his <laughs> bags here, like he hasn't said a crossword. He hasn't got. I haven't angry. said a crossword because I, I, he knows what he's talking about more <laughs> than I do. But I, my my. Um, <laughs> My eyes are just glazing over because there's just so much technical stuff that I just don't get. I just think I'm too old. No, just play with it a little bit. I will. I do. Yeah. I've got my little meta mask and there my Ethereum go. and all the rest of it, yeah. but I need to pleasure. play the game more. Absolute pleasure. Real, Guys, thanks for dinner. Let me, show, let me show all my stuff here. Sure. Dinner was like 450 pounds because our 20-pound uh, carpaccios, we added 15-pound truffles to. So they were like... 50 pounds each, which is like $60 or more. It was incredible. It's like $70 carpaccio. Like, it's expensive. And there wasn't even that much. Good. Actually, next time you're in town, yeah. I'll take you to a restaurant in Shoreditch right. that does the best carpaccio you will ever eat. And it's oh. a plate like that rather than a plate like that. <laughs> Sounds and great. And it's about, about a tenner. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shill my stuff. Uh, if you guys want to invest in cryptocurrency, I, I think Bitcoin and Ethereum are topped out. Um, I think that things that are new will overperform. The coolest thing that I can think of is new is the thing that I'm designing. And it's, uh, I think Pulse Chain is going to be amazing, but you missed that sacrifice phase. You didn't miss the Pulse Swap sacrifice phase. And then I think Hex has a wonderful dip right now. So Hex.com, PulseChain.com, Pulse.info, uh, T.me slash uh, Hex Crypto, T.me slash PulseChain.com. There's always like 70 people on voice chat in there um, walking people through how to do their MetaMask, how to buy, all types of stuff. And then if you like free self-help books, T.me slash SciVive, S-C-I-V-I-V-E. Say that again? SciVive, like survive No, say science. the whole thing, T-M. T.me slash S-C-I-V-I-V-E. It means Telegram. It's like how you link to a Telegram channel. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love Telegram. Telegram's <laughs> so good. That. I love Telegram. And then uh, Richard Hart Official on Instagram, Richard Hart Win on Twitter. Subscribe. Follow me. Um, I give good advice. I call the top of the day, except for the, the Judas candle and now the shorts. That short would have been, if it was a short that you opened, which I don't suggest, but if you'd opened a short, that call was in profit for six months, then out for five days, and then in profit for like another month. And like, it's just been in profit the whole time. But people just get angry at me. They're like, you said it would go to 10K. I'm like, chill. Just give it a little time. Yeah. <laughs> Do you follow Mr. Whale? Is he um, Mr. Whale or Crypto Whale? He's a bear guy. Yeah. yeah, he's bearish too. But he's like, he's unfortunately, he's been bearish since 10K. So yeah. he's been wrong. Like, if you if you ever open up a short on that, you were liquidated, yeah, he were, he refused, liquidated, yeah, liquidated, yeah, 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 liquidated. Yeah, yeah. liquidated. Like, he, he keeps got it. doubling down, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you can't. Like, if you short crypto, it is, you're going to lose money. That's one of the biggest problems in investing is if yeah. you... If you wed, like all the guys who made a fortune in 2008 shorting the G- collateral the, debt. The, the, guy, the global financial crisis. Yeah, they Michael became, Berry. They became perma-bets. Sure. Yeah, Michael Berry tried to short... Uh, what did he short? He shorted something, and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, I, I think, think he shorted Tesla, maybe. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so risky shorting any kind of tech. No, because they're printing money yeah. and doing literal helicopter money. They're... What do you? Th- everything is trading against the dollar. The dollar is becoming more and more valueless. Every chart goes up and to the right in that environment, and you're betting against that. Look at the Amazon chart; it only goes up and right. Look at the Tesla chart; it only goes up and right. Look at the most cryptocurrencies; they only go up and right. Even if you bought Bitcoin, you held them for more than three years. You always made money. You could you never lost money holding Bitcoin for more than three years. So, to bet against that, you get annihilated. Uh, here, let me let me tell you the best argument I've given against people shorting. If you bought Bitcoin at a dollar and sold it at 20K and you invested 20K, you got 20K squared money. You got $40 million. But if you had shorted the top at 20K and wrote it down to zero, which it didn't go to, on your $20,000 investment, you would have made 20000 Yeah. So you could have made $40 million on your 20000 Okay. Or you could have made 20000 on your 20000 Same capital risk, same price move. Longing beat shorting. By a lot, but people don't realize that, so they get wrecked over and Particularly over and new over technology. again. Yeah, like shorting is at, is not symmetrical to longing. Longing murder shorting. And the reason for it is, you got twenty thousand units down here that get to move. When you have to short the expensive thing, you only get one unit to get to move, and then you do twenty thousand times better. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Richard, it's been a real pleasure, and um, thanks for dinner, and see you soon. See you, everybody.